Hi, and thank you for listening to the first episode of Women at Work Better Make Room. My name is Adriana, and I use she, her, her pronouns. And my name's Maddie, and I also use she, her, her pronouns. We started this podcast to have a space to talk about important and relevant societal issues. Specifically, we're going to address female oppression in the workplace. Although we have seen progress, unfortunately, it remains a present-day problem for women all over the world. Assuming that there's probably a lot of female listeners here, we are hoping that we can instill a little bit of advice into maybe how to cope with working in a male-dominated workspace. Uh, Women can be and are qualified just as much to work as men, so why don't we feel like we belong just as much? I feel like it's because we're subjected to biases and limitations based on our identities as women. And identities, we're we're talking about things that are most important to you, like your belief systems, maybe your sexuality, your gender, uh, your position in your family, if it's important to you, your friend status, things like that. Uh, We experience degrading behaviors such as sexual harassment, the gender wage gap issue, and a glass ceiling where we feel like we can't break past and ask for the promotions that we know we deserve. Uh, There's short maternity leaves that set us back in the gender pay gap. And sometimes we just feel like we're not heard or respected at work. It's also incredibly important to note that double minorities such as Latinas or African-American women face a unique experience of being at the crossroads of two marginalized communities. Kimberly Crenshaw, a civil rights activist, defines intersectionality as an overlap between different social identities such as gender, race, sexuality, and class to create a specific type of systematic oppression that's experienced by that individual holding those identities. She has an awesome TED Talk on YouTube called The Urgency of Intersectionality, and we encourage you to check it out if you want to learn more about it. An important message in this podcast is that every identity should experience the same respect and consideration in the workplace for it to truly be considered an equal opportunity employer. Women in the workplace, whether they're minority or not, should also be considered equal to their male counterparts. We hope to inspire women to advocate for themselves, feel empowered as working women, and claim their space and to command respect at work. The professional world can be a hard place to succeed for women, but we all want listeners to know that the female identity is not a crutch at work. It is our strength. If you couldn't tell, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about women in the workplace. Although we couldn't agree more with the movements such as Time's Up, uh, which fights against the sexual harassment in workplace, we acknowledge that systemic oppression doesn't appear overnight. So let's get one thing clear. Women are not the problem, but it can help to cope with male-dominated work environments by beginning this conversation with other women or even with yourself. Start with you because you change the world when you change your own mind. We're going to focus on tips for self-advocating, surviving male-dominated fields like the STEM field, and combating workplace harassment. And of course, these are not fixes to the issues that women face at work, but acknowledging your feelings are valid and trying to continue in a positive direction is always a good option. To help you feel empowered and to try and take your space, set professional boundaries and be assertive. Sometimes assertive can be taken as, you know, quote unquote bitchy, but it's really not. It's just something that men do and get away with and are seen as confident for. Taking care of yourself is one of the best ways to fight against oppression. You have the right to have agency in the workplace and have your voice be heard. 
If a colleague speaks to you in a degrading way, it's essential for you to be straightforward with them and tell them that you don't appreciate that. Also, another important thing is knowing that you're not responsible for the way that people perceive you. So if you're scared about um, speaking up because you think that you're going to be seen as a bitch or bossy because you're a woman in the workplace being assertive, it doesn't mean that you're intimidating. It means that somebody else finds you intimidating and that's not your fault and you can't change who they are. Sometimes somebody perceiving you as intimidating just means that you're not smiling all the time. And I don't know if anybody's been on the street and maybe you're passing by somebody and they tell you to smile. And even if you're having an amazing day, it doesn't make you want to smile. And that's okay because we don't have to be happy all the time. We don't have to please people. And at the end of the day, we don't have to be polite to rude people. And it's okay to be neutral or even emotional at work when you feel like it's you know necessary. Uh, And nobody has a right to tell you how to be. And honestly, my favorite quote is live and let live, because at the end of the day, you can't change other people. You can only be yourself. And that means not always smiling. Exactly. You don't owe anybody like right to change who you are, especially the way that you dress or you act at work doesn't need to be at accordance of what they perceive a professional woman to be. For example, one of my friends, she is on the mock trial team here at Suffolk, and she has gotten points taken off for her performance um, at a competition, which they rate at a scale out of 10, um, because she was wearing a pantsuit and she wasn't smiling enough. So the judge said that she was too intimidating, and that took points off of her score. So just because she is a woman and she wasn't in accordance to his standards, and wasn't wearing a skirt, she had points taken off, which is totally unfair. Wow. And it goes along with the the movement about nurses with tattoos and things like that. Visible tattoos and piercings have no effect on a person's ability to work. So especially, and that goes for men and for women, but specifically for women feeling intimidated in a workplace or feeling that they need to fit in to a certain square box with a skirt suit is just not right. And you should be able to claim your own space and recognize your own identity and the things that are important to you. Speaking of taking space for yourself, another very important thing is to set boundaries, especially in a working environment where you're a professional, because a lot of people just assume that they're able to touch you in a friendly way when you're not at that point in your relationship with them they might just be a very professional colleague and um, one of my professors told me the other day that whenever she has a colleague typically men who will touch her on the shoulder or sort of like give her a pat she'll tell them we're not on touching terms as a respectful way to kind of set those boundaries between them because she is not she doesn't consider them friends, they're not her family. So it's important for people to know where your limits are, and they're only going to know that if you tell them. We understand that it's not the women's fault and that men are the issue a lot of times in this situation of sexual harassment, but we're trying to empower women in order for them to be able to combat this type of harassment. So being vocal and saying things like we are not on touching terms, 
loudly and clearly, and reporting any abuse is extremely important in defining boundaries. This also means that you don't have to over-apologize for things that you just don't feel comfortable with because you don't need to feel comfortable, just like you don't need to smile because someone wants you to. It's important to put yourself first and to take care of yourself always. And you never need to apologize for doing something for yourself. Over-apologizing is definitely something more common to women in the workplace than it is for men because women are typically seen as more passive. Uh, Say, for instance, there is a workplace meeting and everybody is going around and sharing ideas. Men are more likely to be more physical in the way that they're expressing, the way they would like to be heard, uh, either by slamming their fists against the table being loud or interrupting other people, and that's seen as confident. While women are more typical to be passive in a meeting and raise their hands, and a lot of times that means that men will sometimes take advantage of passive women and they'll talk over them or even take their ideas right from a meeting. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of times where I know it's happened to me where I'll say something when we're all contributing ideas or even in class. And then the next person that talks right after me will say the same exact thing, just worded differently. And it's really, really frustrating. And I've actually never known how to deal with that before. Self-advocate as a skill um, for yourself is to reclaim ideas that might be stolen from you. Because honestly, maybe they don't even know that they're doing it. But basically, so... When it happens to you and they say the same exact thing that you said, basically reclaiming uh, your idea is saying right after them, yeah, that's an idea that I just had or say, yeah, when I had, when I was thinking of this idea, this is how I saw it to kind of continue the conversation in a positive way, but also assert that it was your idea because it's not right for somebody else to take what is yours and everyone's voices should be equal have an equal um, weight which they don't seem to be because if you're seen as passive you can be looked over which is wrong definitely and I think using your voice is an excellent piece of advice uh, one of the more important pieces of, of advice in this podcast because it can also be used for you know asking for raises and promotions which is another skill that contributes to the wage gap a little bit because men are more likely to ask for promotions and raises and women are more likely to wait to get promotions and raises. So if we were to all just empower our own voices and understand that we're hired for these positions and we had to go through the same interview process that all the men in the jobs did. So it's important to feel like you are valued at the the job that you're in and understand your value in a monetary sense. The skill of advocacy is essential to developing your own voice in the workplace because things like raises and promotions, if you don't talk about your salary with your coworkers, it only benefits the corporation. A lot of people don't even recognize that there's a gender pay gap because they only know their own salary. It's seen as taboo or rude to talk about your salary with your coworkers, but it's actually not, or at least it shouldn't be. And I think that we need to end the stigma about that because if you don't know what your coworkers are getting for salaries, how are you ever gonna know that 
you're being seen as valued less even if you're doing the same amount of work. And starting a conversation about salaries is something that you should never apologize for. The fact is that women are being underpaid, which is not okay. In a lot of families today, both of the parents are working, and in many cases, the women will make more than their male uh, counterparts. So this affects the whole family dynamic. If a woman is being underpaid just for being a woman, and she already makes more than her husband, then the whole family will suffer. And it's especially unfair because if a woman and her husband want to continue a family or, or create a family, and that requires for her to be pregnant and to go on maternity leave, then a lot of women are boxed out of the professional world that way. In the psychology field, if a woman is to leave for maternity leave or to start a family for more than a year, she will never be on the same trajectory as she was before she left, even if she comes back and works twice as hard and does even more, she will never be at the same place. So these are just really things that we need to bring attention to because it's not anything that is valid or should be in place right now. Because women are the only ones biologically able to form life, it's not fair to be penalized for it. And I think anyone can agree on that. And so one thing that men can do is be aware and know that the wage gap exists and maybe even be an ally for, um, for starting a conversation at your work and getting things changed. Um, because this doesn't only help women, it helps, like I said, the whole family dynamic because um, being a man, you don't want your daughter, your cousins, your your mom, you don't want your sisters to have to be going through this when it's not something that they can control, like we said earlier. Even if you don't want children, it still affects your life. Like, let's say that there's a lesbian couple and they didn't want to start a family. It's just the two of them. And they're both earning 75 cents to a man's dollar. That's incredibly unfair. It's not fair to them because they can't live the same lifestyle that let's say a man and a woman and or um, two men would be living. And they're already set up at a disadvantage. Now say the same lesbian couple wants to have a family and they both take maternity leave and they're both set further back in their careers. And it's just not fair to them. They don't deserve it. And women in heterosexual relationships, same thing, don't deserve it. Women in no relationships don't deserve it. Equal pay for the equal amount of work is the only way that's fair. And it's also just so expensive to have a child in general. So having that and then also not having, for example, other countries will have paid maternity leave or even have maternity leave and paternity leave so that the men, the father and the mother can take time off of work and even be compensated sometimes because having a child is so expensive and even like emotionally too like you just had like created a life together that's such an amazing thing to do and to have that be a weakness on a resume is just an awful thing to think about. And America is so far behind other countries. Most other countries have federally mandated paid maternity leave. And we have 
federally mandated unpaid maternity <laughs> leave. And that's not even at every corporation. Like you can't, it's not being entirely enforced that way. And women are created unequal under the constitution. So until we get policies and legal change for things like maternity leave, we're up against it, women. Creating allies around us is what we can do as a community to change our future because we are going to impact what happens in the future. And by going out and having your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, your child, your children, by raising a generation that is compassionate and tolerant, um, especially men, that is what's going to change all of these inequalities that women face in the workplace. And it's very important to vote for politicians that will enforce these changes and create new laws and those mandates that um, force the government to um, make sure that women have paid maternity leave and things that make things a little bit more fair for women everywhere. We want to thank you all for listening to this podcast with us, and we hope that you had some important takeaways from some of the advice that we had. And we'd like to direct you to uh, an important resource that we found along the way, which is timesupnow.org. And their mission statement is, we insist upon a world where everyone is safe and respected at work, a world where women have an equal shot at success and security, a world where no one lives in fear of sexual harassment or assault. And at the end of the day, that's the goal here. They also take uh, donations, I'm pretty sure. So if you wanted to actually contribute to that, you could um, by going onto their website. Um, but yeah, we really hope that this podcast has helped you um, feel empowered in your workplace, um, whether you're a woman who is just starting somewhere, whether you've been there for a long time and you never really knew how to get your voice out there. We hope that this helped um, and we hope that it makes you more confident in your identity, um, able to advocate for yourself, um, including setting boundaries, knowing your worth. And most of all, we hope that you continue this conversation with friends and family and most importantly in the workplace because that's where it matters the most. So thank you so much for listening.